The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors. You're listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture, an innovative company that is dedicated to your success by pioneering new technologies to provide solutions for your challenges. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is a partner you can grow with and provides the latest products from all of the leading manufacturers. Simplot Turf and Horticulture bringing Earth's resources to life. Now, here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey, and welcome in to Pulling Weeds, the Pro Series. Feels good, Feels good saying that. Uh, I'm Alan Knight, joined by my man, Tim Krieger. Tim, how are you? Sorry, I'm getting a text. Let me put my phone on silent. I am doing great, Alan. Um, pretty excited to be here today for the... Uh, P-Dub Pro Series, we're going to sub in, what, the next three off-course episodes for these that we have? That's right. Uh, and these have been a long time in the making. You know, we this episode was actually recorded last August. It's almost a year old. Yeah, but it ties in well. It does. It does. Uh, and it's a great interview. Beth's a great person. I've had the joy of knowing her back there in my junior golf association days, uh, running, helping run her tournament with that staff. and and. Your boy, Joe Quick, sent us some notes about the tournament. You want to go over those? Well, I wasn't going to just jump right in and say that it was Joe sent us some notes. I was going to do a little softer transition about Beth and how, you know, how cool it is as guys like us who just, you know, work for a living in the industry. But yet once a year we get to kind of hang out with the likes of, of Beth Daniel and Jay Haas and some really good folks who some of these – Junior Golf Player of the Year awards are named after here in the Carolinas. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a starstruck moment at first, and then here you realize for some of us, 15, 20 years later, they're friends. You know, they're you know you call them peers, if you will. And so, uh, I I just think it's a phenomenal opportunity we had to be able to go and sit down with Beth, and then Wesley, and then the Hosses and Dillard and all them. So I'm just I'm I'm hoping y'all get as excited about these three episodes as as we are and the good times we have recording them. So, um, but yeah, so we were down at the Beth Daniel, right. And that was taken over by the South Carolina junior golf association. win, Alan 2008, I think. Yeah, I think it was 2008. It actually used to be the old Al Esposito junior. Maybe there's been a junior. Oh okay. yeah. You know, and, and that was somewhere else perhaps at the Snee farm, you know, and they, they, approached the country club about hosting it and Beth, you know, having a, a tournament with her name on it. And she was happy to do that. And she doesn't just put her name on it. She shows up, she works first year. She was filling divots in the fairway. I remember I got a picture of her and Hart Brown on day two, filling divots on 18. That's awesome. I love being a volunteer crew at those events where I get to go fill divots in the afternoon. Cause it usually requires cold beer, except yeah. for like the PGA tour ones where there's people watching and you're not allowed to even have a water bottle. Um, <laughs> But no, so that one, um, when you say the country club, for everybody out there listening, that's the country club of Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina, which just hoped the, hosted the U.S. Women's uh, Open last year that Alan and I had a chance to go down and talk to Paul at. Correct, correct. Great, great place, Seth Rainer design. If you get a I got a selfie with Lexi Thompson that made the news. I mean, dude, it was a wonderful yeah. experience. 
I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And you also On the ABC News that night. You also got a selfie with Fro Daddy. <clears throat> oh my gosh, we never found him on the Instagram either, did uh-huh. we? Could not find him. Nope. That was definitely a good hair day for him. Oh, I do um, see in our notes. It was definitely. You're right. It is the old. That's the first thing to notice. All right, so there you go, folks. I was trying to be subtle and not read these notes, and we were just going to talk through them. And Al definitely, I thought you played right into it by saying the Al Esposito. No, that was just my history coming to my knowledge. But. All right, so on Monday, they began posting a, a, a sponsor am, right? They would typically pair up a couple sponsors with two juniors. Yeah. Yeah, and that's always cool that the sponsors definitely get a kick out of watching these good juniors players. And, um, and then they expect. All right, so who's our guy down there that just jumped in and went gangbusters from a board perspective? Randy? Randy Adams, yes, sir. Randy Adams. Yeah, great guy. Grew up. He's a Rock Hill guy, but moved to the country club, moved to Charleston a few years ago. Grew up playing golf with Charlie Reimer, you know, one of those old – in fact, I think his claim to fame was beating Jack Nance for the CGA champion, boys championship back in the day. So, you know, he's good buddies, like, grown up-wise with um, Todd Armstrong as well. No, I did not. SGI. Really? I'll yeah. have to uh, <laughs> chat them both up about that sometime. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, he brought that up the first time I met him down at the Heritage, and I don't know. I think the world of Randy, and I just want to give a public shout-out to him and a big thanks to everything he's done for junior golf down there in the Charleston market. I mean, he's been a true, what do we call them, local champions? Yeah, and Randy is a good dude. He's a he's the kind of guy that calls it like he sees it, and and you know what you get when you come up for Randy. Quick story about his son Zach, uh, who's probably in high school now. When Zach was younger, Zach's a good player. He shot fifty eight in the U.S. Kids event, and this was he was probably like eleven years old at the time. And I remember tweeting it out for the Junior Golf Association, and Cal Thompson tweeted, "I don't care who you are, fifty or what tees you're playing, fifty eight's good." You know, but uh, that's awesome. I'm sitting here thinking you were talking the peewee winner for a nine-hole event, and I'm like, oh, that was 18. That's a good yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, well, so the Beth Daniel now, it's what? It's 54-hole 50 event, and in the 12-year history, they've uh, generated gross contributions of over $300,000 back to the community there, uh, which is phenomenal, right? So that's where, again, Randy, big shout-out to you from rounding up the troops and heart and – the whole team down there um, at the country club. I mean, what a great place. I mean, we got to go down and see Paul last year, the superintendent, and just the fact that, you know, like you and I both, I mean, I just – it's such a warming experience to know those folks down there with Leanne and everybody that we've known through the Golf Association for, hell, between the two of us over three, four decades of, you know, interaction with those people. Yeah, and I, I hate hearing putting math terms like that, man, that's dating us, but uh, – I, I combined to, us. I did combine I, us there. I'll give you the majority of the years. Um, <laughs> one thing that is cool about the tournament is they have a very strong, like you hit on the volunteer basis, and best parents are volunteers. Best dad, Bob, uh, is is great. He gets out there, and he enjoys it. And he, he usually parks on number five or six, kind of watches the kids come through there. And I've had the pleasure of eating lunch with them. And Lucia, the mom, she's a great lady too, so. And then well, I think Rob even goes out and helps Paul on a lot of those events. Yeah, and Rob, Rob, right? Rob's always there on Monday playing in the sponsor am. Um, and then his dad, Tony, is very involved with the fundraising. And that's, for those paying attention, that is Rob Daniel from the Lost Pod. Um. <laughs> yes, yes. 
who is now with our sponsor, Simplot. There you go, Simplot, bringing you some green pictures from the Twitter machine. I got, there were some products I need to ask Jeff Higgins about. Hey, should we mention on air that for the last three times I've worn that hat publicly, somebody said, is that a club pro guy hat? Because it looks like the sombrero. And I'm like, nah, man, that's Simplot. You ate their fries last night with your family. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I'll spill the beans here. I couldn't put on Twitter. Wes Hart wouldn't let me put on Twitter. I got one of those Simplot neck bands. When does mine show up? You said you were mailing me one? Yep. We'll get get that. I got a couple things I need to mail you, actually. But anyway, I got one straight from the printer before Wes, before Simplot even got them to hand them out. So I've uh, certainly been sporting that. That's my mask here lately. So the Jill Mason that we get emails from, is that Tom's wife? Yes. Big shout out to pro of the year, Tom Mason and his wife, Jill, who is working with a company there in Columbia, helping out produce some products for uh, one of our members who now owns a vending company down there selling uh, logoed items. Yep. Yep. So anyways, I mean, all in all, I think it's, it's awesome. Y'all enjoyed this episode with Beth. It wasn't really dated in terms of the content. I think the only thing that's going to change between when we recorded it and now is the fact that her throat has probably healed a little bit more. I don't know. Well, no, I think that's, that's just her voice. I don't know what year the nail thing happened. Oh, I thought it was like recently, like earlier in that year. No, because somebody, that's, I think when we went on air, somebody from the Golf Channel told her, I don't like your voice hmm. years ago. Well, but I, th- mm, I don't know. Anyways, what? point being, y'all listen up. It's a great story. She swallows nails. She's a pro golf Hall of Famer. She's tough as nails, and she's got the kindest, softest heart in the world. Um, a woman that I, I'm proud to call friend, unlike Alan, who's true friend and text buddies with. Um, but, Miss Daniel, thank you. Bulk Aggregate Golf, a family-owned and operated business since 1980. Bulk Aggregate Golf provides USGA green mixes, bunker sands, maintenance sands, and all-size bridging aggregate to golf clubs in the southeastern United States. With mobile blenders able to custom blend any root zone specified and the sole provider of Tour Angle Bunker Sand. Often thought of as the number one angular bunker sand in the southeast, Bulk Aggregate Golf is experienced in supplying any size job. Bulk Aggregate Golf, the number one supplier of golf turf and sports turf aggregates in the southeast. 1-877-BULK-AG, bulkag.com, 1-877-B-U-L-K-A-G-G. Well, we are here at the Country Club of Charleston with World Golf Hall of Fame member Beth Daniel. Thank you, Beth, for joining us. Good to be here. Thank you for taking time to come (laughs) in from your tournament and sit here with us for a few minutes. You uh, certainly have a resume, a great resume, that I want to run down real quick. One, two women's amateurs, correct? 75 and 77. Where'd you win those at? Uh, 75 Brayburn Country Club in West Newton, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. And then 77 was Cincinnati Country Club. Wow. Cincinnati, Ohio. And how old were you? Um, I was actually, I must have been, I was thinking I was 17 and 19, but I could have been 18 and 20. Too long ago to remember. That's crazy. Travel was a little different then. And yeah. travel was really different. And the first one I won, 
it's the first women's amateur I ever played in. Wow. I won it. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Were you too young to know the difference and just go through it? or? You know, I knew the difference because I'd played some junior girls, and the the most I'd ever made it in the junior girls was to the quarterfinals, which is pretty good. But um, I, you know, I knew what was going on, and it's just my game peaked at the right week. That's great. Sorry to interrupt the resume. Go ahead. Family out there with you watching all that? My mom and dad were there, and it's funny because they booked flights to come back after the qualifying thinking I wasn't going <laughs> to qualify. And we were at this Holiday Inn up there, and we didn't have a car or anything. And and so I go into match play, I win the first match, and they keep changing, they keep backing the flight up, uh, the reservations. <laughs> and so finally one day, you know, late in the tournament, we're like, we need to at least go into Boston and see what Boston's like. So we take the train into Boston and went to dinner on the pier somewhere nice. and, you know, had a good time, got to see the city a little bit, come back, I win the tournament. Then when we finally flew home, those were the days where people could walk on the tarmac. And so they pulled the plane up and there are probably a hundred people out there on the tarmac Mac, ready to congratulate me so it was really wow. cool most that's of them awesome. were country club of charleston members that's awesome yeah it was really a cool thing so you turned professional and won rookie of the year in 1979 yes how was that oh, just being a rookie on tour young lady uh rookie on tour with that was a tough year for me and my parents will tell you i came home in the spring and i'm like i don't like this at all i didn't like to travel i still don't Right. And I travel for a living. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, but I, I told him, I'm like, I don't like this. It's just, and I was doing, you know, I was doing well enough to pay my own bills. And and they said, just give it a, give it another month. And if you don't like it at the end of a month, let's talk about it again. And I win during that month. It was kind of like I, by talking to them, I was able to let go of that. Yeah. And so then I, I won in Japan, actually is what I did. And then I came back to the United States and I won the Patty Bird Classic in um, Minneapolis, St. Paul was my first LPGA win. So I won twice my rookie year. I was re named rookie of the year, finished, I think, ninth on the money list. Wow. So I had a good year, but in my mind, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. But um, <laughs> that's kind of my nature. That's <laughs> why you're so successful, though. So you won four LPGA Japan Tour events when it was all said and done. Is that I, correct? Yep, and yep. 33 LPGA wins wow. on American soil. I didn't realize that. And won the Women's PGA Championship in 1990. Yes. Huh. Where was that? That was at Bethesda Country Club, Bethesda, Maryland. Great golf course. Just really tight. Um, and uh, Tony, my brother, Gwen, his wife, and Rob was there, and Jordan. I have a picture in my house, and you know, Rob's about to my shoulder, maybe, at the time. Now he's way past that. He's much taller than me. you got to text me that picture when you get home. Please. Okay. When I get home, I'll text you that picture. It's a cute picture. And I'm actually holding Jordan, who's now has three kids. Right. So. Wow. It, it, yeah, it was uh, 1990 was a while ago. Well, let's clue the listeners in when she references Rob. It's comfortable, but for those across the world who may not know who little Rob was, um, that's Rob Daniel, who's the former, he's the immediate past president of our chapter at the Carolinas yep. Yep. Um, GCSA and was uh, best nephew. 
So anyhow, that's that's and the backstory. Founder of this show, correct? He he and Chuck Connolly, inventors of the show, um, went and saw him this morning at Rivertown. So you got your update on the Twitter machine if you needed it. Moving right along. The one thing I kind of skipped over was Furman. How did you enjoy Furman College? Um, I think kind of like anybody, when you're in college, you don't enjoy it as much until after you get that degree and you're out of there. Right. Furman's a tough school. It's a tough academic school, oh, but yeah. it, really, it was a great time. I have a I have friends that I'm still friends with from Furman and then of course the golf team I'm I still am friends with pretty much everybody on the golf team and we won the national championship in 1976 um, you know Betsy King was on that team Betsy was a year ahead of me uh, Cindy Farrow who's now a teaching pro she played the tour for a little while she's from New Jersey um, but then went into teaching. It really, she's a really good teacher. She's now down at Lost Street Country Club in Florida full-time. She used to be half the year at Baltusrol huh. and taught there. I think they were sorry to lose her. She was two years ahead. And then uh, Sherry Turner, who is, um, we played junior golf together. We're the exact same age, but she sat out a year of college. And then we talked her into coming to Furman and she came and she was kind of the missing ingredient to uh that's why we won the national championship but then um and lee coulter was on that team lee coulter's an interesting story she's playing she's back playing amateur golf but lee coulter went into the infantry and served i don't know how many tours of duty over in uh, iraq and afghanistan and retired as a full colonel from the from the army that's awesome. Yeah. We went back for the, uh, you know, the championship team went back in, in the football stadium. They brought us out at halftime. Right. They gave us rings for the championship. And Lee got a standing ovation, which she should have. Yeah. You know, the rest of us got claps and cheers. <laughs> she got a standing ovation, and we were we all agreed with that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So we are at the Country Club of Charleston, as I mentioned, and you grew up playing golf here. Is that correct? That is where I learned to play golf, right here. I would assume that where the greens are rolling right now for your tournament are similar to what you put it on in the 80s and 90s. Is that, or do you think? Here at the country club? Correct. What they're putting on today is almost or not equal, not quite as equal as what y'all well, put on. Well, I, I would say that they probably get them a little faster. They have the, you know, the, the, there's the ability to get these greens faster and keep them for a longer right. period of time probably right. than there was in the 80 and, 80s and 90s. The listeners, if they're golf course superintendents, would know the answer to that question. Oh, certainly. Then they go, Beth Daniel's crazy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. But, um, you know, and, and when Hugo hit here in, what was it, early I think it was 90s? 89 ish. 89, I think yeah. you're right. Um, this clubhouse was destroyed. So this is a new clubhouse since Hugo. Wow. And the golf course was destroyed. I, I was here two weeks after Hugo hit and walked the golf course and there were so many trees down I mean these big beautiful oaks and pines and they came back in they kind of did a redesign it wasn't so good it didn't really capture what the golf course was about this newest redesign is good good and this golf course I love this it's awesome yeah it's awesome speaking of trees how about the one at the women's open yeah that was something that was something we were here that day we were here and we left right by the tent man yeah and i had left i had a reception downtown that i was supposed to go to at five o'clock 
So I left right before it hit. And Julie Inkster was doing TV for Fox. And I texted her and I said, don't worry about that storm. The storms that are north usually stay north. <laughs> and so right after the lightning strike, she texts me back and she says, she says, uh, don't go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But we didn't get any rain here. Hmm. So people that think that you don't get lightning on the edge of storms, right. and a lot of people think that, yeah. this was actually outside of the edge of the storm where this lightning strike yeah. came. And if you see the video of it, it actually, the, the bolt comes down on the center of the tree, and it's like boom, boom, boom. It was oh, like really? three fireballs were in that oh. one strike. Yeah, it's and crazy that still it, shot with that guy who's standing there. Seemed like he was relatively. I'm guessing 20 feet, maybe. It's hard to tell in the picture. But he, he was, was close. farther. He was farther away than that, but he was close enough, and nothing happened to the guy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's it's just we're so lucky. No one was injured, because you know they they evacuate golf courses and people in the gallery stay. Right. There were a bunch of people in the merchandise tent that was probably. You imagine if that got hit 50 instead. yards from the tree yeah. and then there was a hospitality tent off of 18 that probably in 40 yards from it and That's that guy was we standing in. on the edge of that so he was i'd say that guy was probably 25 yards from it that's crazy so yeah. going back to the greens real quick yeah before we get too far away from it that was one of the questions that rob had suggested we had speak to beth about this morning was the changes and yeah. her perception of the bermuda and you can even use the country club as an example not to talk about different superintendents but just like he mentioned cultural practices were different oh yeah and, and with burt mccarty like we talked about right the differences in technology dr mccarty said that one of the greatest advances was probably just the mowing equipment and the ability to mow it lower um and so anyhow that's where we'd throw you right back to with the greens and the differences growing yeah. up putting versus now well, and you look at the difference in grasses here versus South Florida, sure. where I served on the Greens Committee at Pine Tree Golf Club for six years, um, where we ended up putting in celebration there. But ah. that will only, that's only good south of Lake Okeechobee because <laughs> sure. it has to have warm weather. I mean, if it gets cool, it turns a weird color, you know. It, it, um, but here, yeah, I mean, you, the difference of common Bermuda versus the what we have now i mean the gra the grasses are so pure and we had to we had to deal with a lot of grain back then in putting yeah and in chip shots around the greens there's not much of that in these new grasses i mean the blades are they just don't do that and the advent again of technology and the brushes right so now yeah. they, they groom this grass to stand straight up before they cut it right. to eliminate a lot of that grain because i even remember i grew up playing golf in hawaii so we had oh, some yeah. bermuda too right yeah and it was always about reading the cups yep which yep. edge was browned out and and it, you know because you couldn't couldn't touch it you couldn't rub it because if you could get down there and rub it you could easily figure it out yeah. so well i mean when i first started on tour when i played practice rounds i'd take i had a you know, like an answer putter with the flange, I'd take that flange and I'd in the practice round and Scrape. I'd chart all the grain yeah. on the yeah. greens because wow. I needed to know for shots going in. You know, if you're down grain, that's going to release more. If you're into the grain, it's going to stop. Sure. So you need to know all that kind of stuff and and you just don't deal with that quite as much. You still get it, but but I, one of the things we did at Pine Tree is we cut our fairways a different direction every morning to decrease grain correct 
So yeah. when you were on the Greens Committee, did you walk in there with an agenda, I don't like this and I'm going to change it? You know, some people around the world do. What What did you do? Just an advocate, really? Or? I, I just listened, and, you know, if I was asked advice, I would I would ask advice. I mean, you know, one of the things I did on the Greens Committee is I tried to look at the budget. You know, are we do we really need this piece of equipment? Does it have to be brand new? Can right. it be used? Um, things like that. I mean... We did buy, uh, you know, the several pieces of equipment that had been used, um, but it depends upon what you're using it for as to right. whether it needs to be new or used. Well, and at that club, there's some <clears throat> interesting, unique, specialty pieces on that property that maybe aren't on some other properties, I would venture to say. Well, yeah, Pine Tree's a Dick Wilson design. Uh, the bunkering is very expensive, very expensive to upkeep. Um, we now have we got rid of our sand pros and they hand rake the bunkers and there are 125 of them I think on pine tree so they're hand raking those every morning and you're going through another little renovation right now if I'm not mistaken they are doing some work at pine tree I know I've seen some pictures where they're just doing some more maybe they're just I think in that's some drainage and doing I some think stuff that's like that, regular but, yeah. maintenance because we just had the Florida four ball there I think um, so now this is like they close the course a couple months right yeah they close it for two weeks um, in during two months so a month total they close the course for maintenance sure. and that's another luxury that our superintendent has that a lot of superintendents don't have uh, yeah. that we can do that and then we just kind of find places for people to play because honestly in the summertime we get very little play it, it's in the winter late october that course has to be in pristine shape ready for well, all the what, members to come back that's what blew me away so our first time down to seminole it was mother's day weekend and he's like yeah we're getting ready to shut down yeah i'm like man the grass is getting ready to grow he's like what are you talking about this is dormant time for us he's like we'll open back up in october for right around yeah, Halloween. yeah they close completely now pine tree doesn't do that but pine trees close on monday Tuesday every week in the summer and then they get the two weeks for two different months to do maintenance so that's when you do your you know heavy sure. aeration and things like Top that. dressings and uh, things of that nature but uh, pine tree is pretty pure right now oh yeah well let's yeah. um let's talk about pine tree real quick and um one of our past presidents if I'm not mistaken you were pretty integral in in bringing to the club and um I actually had a great opportunity to spend some time with he and his wife both as a past president. So um, our friend Steve Wright is who we're talking about. So maybe a quick moment of silence on his behalf um, for all the listeners. And then uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how that all came to be. Yeah, I mean, Steve Wright's just a class. He was a class act. Uh, Pine Tree was lucky to get him. We were looking for a new superintendent. Uh, Tony Neese was was our superintendent. He's now at... um, um, God, I'm blanking on the golf course. How about that? That's all right. He's, Me too. In, he's in Jupiter. Yeah. Okay. So he moved up to Jupiter. And actually, most of the years that I was on the Greens Committee is when Tony was there. And uh, Tony did a great job for us. And um, he's, he's moved on and he's doing really well. But um, Steve Wright is, he, he came in. We were looking, we were interviewing some other guys. And, and one of the, guys that interviewed said you need to talk to Steve Wright and so the the guys that were in charge of the committee went and talked to him and they said oh we got to hire this guy he was at um, 
Um, God. See, Boca. I'm getting old. He Boca. was at Boca, one yeah, of the Boca, he was in Boca. facilities. He was at, like 54 uh, holes, I think, maybe? Yeah, they have 54 holes out there. It's just a huge facility. I think Boca and West. Done Boca West, that's exactly what it is. See, my age is getting to me. I can't remember these golf courses. Um, so, anyway, um, he was out there, and so he's like, Yeah, I'll come over and look at Pine Tree. Loved it. And um, he just, he was a detail guy. So the little details about the edging and things like that. And we have, Pine Tree is named well because there are a lot of pine trees out there. It was, originally it was a cow pasture. So it's pretty flat. Okay. Uh, but Dick Wilson built a gem on it. And um, under the pine trees, we used to, one of the things that happened when I was on the Greens Committee is we used to lay down pine needles every year at a big cost. And so we were kind of talking about it. We said, you know, why don't we just put some sand in there or, you know, some stone, some crushed, crushed shells and things Oyster like that. Oyster shells, in any of that kind of stuff. And, and so we're like, well, let's try it on one hole. And everybody loved it. And so now we've eliminated the cost of that. And just like you don't have to do much to it it's not doesn't cost much to maintain that area and it looks beautiful so you have these pine trees and then you've got this white underneath them right. and it really defines the whole oh, yeah. and it's a great look so that's what um you know when steve came in he did he finished the rest of that and um just did some tree trimming and edging and just some things that just like you walked out to the golf course and you're like wow visually and clean edges. visually it just yeah. looked awesome and you know a lot of superintendents pay attention to the everyday detail but they don't pay attention to those little aesthetic details that make a difference to your members and the guests that come play and and you know how the golf course looks so and, is it funny to you as being in that position that you're sitting there looking at pine trees and you're saying, so we're going to buy pine needles and bring in here, right? Don't <laughs> these trees produce needles? So right. I always find that funny because then I'll go to like some really high-end courses, inland, for instance, that have hardwoods. Yeah. And they put pine straw down in the beds. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, that's an oak tree. What am I, Is it just me? I mean, so when you, to hear you say that, and I can't imagine the visual pop with a white it's circular just, it's edging gorgeous. around it's it. gorgeous yeah. and i had first seen it at jupiter hills okay uh they did it on their golf course and they did it to an extreme but i just thought on certain holes because you've got this green and then you've got this white and it, it just it looks good it really defines the hole so i think pine tree's really happy that they ended up doing that and obviously steve agreed with that but you know i was telling alan um, yesterday a story about Steve and this is just kind of how Steve was he was he, he laid back really laid back guy um, and so we're standing on the practice putting green one day and we're talking about things and I said Steve what's going on like right on the edges of the you know the fringe you know the grass is a little rough and he goes it's all water he said our water's bad we have we have this problem and Delray Dunes is in that area um, Country Club of Florida Quail Ridge they all have the same problem um, so he said I'm gonna put I'm gonna put city water down in a week it'll be gone 
sure enough in a week it'll it was gone and so you know we had to do something about our water at pine tree to get it better and i think that's something that the average golfer doesn't think about is that if you have bad water particularly in south carolina if you're in the low country and you're you got a lot of salt water coming in you're gonna have problems oh yeah i unfortunately was looking at some of that this morning with some challenges going on and it just blew me away because as i ride through so you as an owner speaking to a superintendent you can try and listen and understand when they talk about water quality and then you can look at tests and then you can even call professors and things of that nature and you still may not have your mind made up but to me when you go out on the golf course and you start looking at palm trees hardwoods pine trees plants that you can follow the arc of the sprinkler where there are distinct lines of dead plant and green foliage right above it on the same plant, it's very obvious what the effect is. And that's exactly what it is. It's the salinity in the water that's killing that plant material. And so you imagine what's happening on the ground when it just sits there. Yeah. And don't you think the average golfer doesn't think think that way? Oh, no. They're like, what's wrong with this golf What would they spray up that high that killed the bottom half of that tree? (laughs) Right. (laughs) How'd you get the round up that high and not get it on you? You know, I, I don't know. But so that was one of our let's let's have a Tim and Al moment here. Um, one Effic- of my- efficacy. Have you ever heard that word? <laughs> efficacy. Mm-mm, I have Al learned that. I learned that. That's something. He'll to do tell with you how wet water is. I believe. The efficacy, the efficiency. Remember efficiency. Right. right okay. Yeah. Well, how wet water is. Yes, how efficient. well something will apply. Yeah. The okay. efficiency of water. How efficacy. well it how well it penetrates the ground correct yeah. i'm learning things here. and and am i correct in saying that rainwater is the best we always seem to think that yes natural mother nature water will typically be the best because if you've got recycled water for instance it's going to take a lot of the things out even our drinking water for instance is missing mm-hmm. valuable minerals etc so golf courses like colleton river okay belfair they're committed to i think a million gallons a week they have to pump on the golf course of reclaimed water treated reclaimed water because right. of the developments right so the lawmakers don't know that and so they see them on a rainy monday putting out water on the driving range well gosh I got, we got calls from our constituents they're watering the golf course when it's raining well you can have your 1.5 million dollar home and you can use the bathroom regularly because we're putting it out Pumping and out. when it's raining it helps filter it yet a second time so i would say yes to the rainwater, um for sure uh but so at the very beginning of this our purpose was to try and educate golfers that's what we wanted to do Mm -hmm. not only on i don't know everyday cultural practices but the 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 technical expertise of the golf course superintendent i just don't think they understand sometimes um what they go through the amount of education they have the amount of continuing education that they go through and so and the fact that they never get compliments Thank a super week. I love it so. Um, that's so well. I mean, that's one thing I always try to do is is always thank the superintendent when a course is good. Yeah. And I mean, we hear it. You know, we hear it at every golf course. Like, I'll come in and look at the fairways. It's they're a little brown. I'm like, they're perfect. Brown is not bad. Yeah. And, right. and how how do we get that out to? regular golfers that brown is not a bad thing it's actually a good thing because it means that the course is running out i mean you don't want a golf course that's so wet that it's just ball is just plugging everywhere you don't want that that'll make a course green and then you can pump as much fertilizer as you want 
on it to make it green, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Correct. And we have a problem. I mean, you know, Pine Tree's a different club than the Country Club of Charleston. Country Club of Charleston has social members, um, members of the pool, tennis. They have a lot of members, and not everybody plays golf. So when they look out on a golf course, they expect it to be green. Yeah. But at Pine Tree, we are strictly golf, and we have a lot of, you know, single-digit, even plus handicapped players there. And even those people are like, of course, shouldn't be brown. Like, it's not a big deal. It's not dying. Right. Well, I think superintendents, the misnomer, too, is that they use too much water. We've been fighting that for decades, especially with some of our water permitting issues here in the Carolinas that we fight with Charlie, our lobbyists, and things of that nature. Charlie La- Roundtree, the oh, third, okay. is our lobbyist. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we engaged him when I came over on this side about a decade ago. So, um, but anyways, it's just, it's... <laughs> I don't know how you say it, you know. Uh, in terms of water, right? And in terms of, oh, I got lost on my thought. You can edit that. That's fine. I want to know. Charlie threw me off when you started laughing. I started thinking about duck hunting. <laughs> I want to know. Whenever you were the captain of the Solheim Cup, oh, yeah. were you with the superintendent saying, "Hey, I want this. I want that," or they set it up themselves, or is that something the tour does? You know, it's kind of a funny thing. The captain is supposed to have a say. The U.S. officials really don't let us have much of a say. The European officials let them set the course up. So it's kind of not a fair... Right. It's not a fair battle. I was captain in 2009 in Chicago, outside of Chicago, at Rich Harvest Farms. Jerry Rich owns that golf course, and I know him really well. So I, built on a cow farm, correct? He, um, he he grows corn and soybean. Okay. You know, you alternate. You alternate fields. That's one right. thing I learned from him. Huh. Okay. Crop rotation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't grow corn two years in a row on the same field, so you do soybean, huh. and then you, yeah, you switch them out. And then leave a fallow for a year. Here's the one thing I've learned so far. Today. You learned that today. Yeah. You learned that in fifth grade. That you had me. just chosen to forget it. So it basically was a corn field, and he bought this property. Um, he... Um, He's lived in Chicago his whole life, and he dreamt of building a golf course, and so he bought this property, built a house on it. Um, there, I think there was a barn on it. Actually, where he lives is in that barn. He oh, neat. converted it. It's really cool. Um, so he built uh, one hole starting out with three different tees, so he could play it as a three, a four, and a five. Oh, neat. He ended up going to three holes, and he did all of this himself. And so then he had nine holes because each hole had three tees. So he had nine holes out of three holes on his property. And then he just kept building holes and kind of designing them in his head and going out there, and he'd kind of shape them and do them. And then he said, maybe I need to do 18 holes here and hire an architect. And he started hiring all these architects, and they're like, well, I think you should do this, and I think you should do that. And then he's like, no, I'm going to build the rest myself. (laughs) So he built it himself, and it's a great golf course. But when you're playing it, there are so many options on at least the original holes. There are are three three tees. So Jerry kind of brought me in, and he said, you know, this is how I would suggest maybe that the LPJ plays it, but he said, you can make some changes. And I did change one of the tees 
that it's a hole that has two fairways. You can play it as a four one way or a five another way. And I, I did say I, to the LPGA, I, I think we should play this tee and we should play it as a five. Um, and then, you know, it was a hard golf course to set up because you could do so many things with it. Huh. So, but as far as that's kind of the only input I had, but then I made friends with the superintendent and I'd kind of go behind the scenes and I'd <laughs> nice. be like, I'd be like, okay, so what did the LPGA tell you? He's like, well, the LPGA wants us <laughs> to stamp it at this and, and they want the greens at this height. And, and I said, well, what do you think? And he said, I think we should go a little lower. And I'm like, do it. <laughs> so, I love it. So I kind of did that kind of input. But as far as the setup of, you know, where the, the pin locations were and stuff, I had no say in that. Wow. In Ryder Cup, they have a lot of say in that. And I had no say in that at all. Yeah, I'd heard stories about, like, even trees being removed by captain's choices so that forced carries could be done and things of that nature. Yeah, you say that. I have a great story about trees being removed because the what we played as the third hole, the fourth hole, sorry, third hole was part three. What we played as the fourth hole at Ridge Harvest Farms jerry termed as the the narrowest fairway in golf trees were these huge trees had just grown over and literally you stood on the tee and you're like oh my gosh i can't hit a ball between this so the lpga actually came to me and uh, kelly robbins was one of my assistants and meg mallon was one of my assistants so they came to me and they said if we set up a meeting with Jerry, will you, Kelly, and Meg go in and talk to him? We have to trim these trees out on this hole. And he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to touch anything. And so the three of us flew into Chicago, and we went, and we're sitting in his office. <laughs> and we just tried to reason with him, and he did it. Good. He trimmed the trees out, and I think it was a better hole. I, I you know... He's kind of left it that way over the years, so I think he maybe felt the same way. But he had so many trees that he had an astroturf, you know, he had a just an artificial turf tee. Because it couldn't, he grow, couldn't grass. grow grass. Uh, so he understands the problem with shade then. He oh, just yeah. doesn't care. He just didn't care. He's I like, gotcha. you know, we can go up there, because you teed off up this hill, and it was lots of trees, and you couldn't grow, you couldn't grow grass on the tees. See, I think that... Hopefully he's learned of nothing else. If you open that canopy up, that grass is probably even doing better on that fairway. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. At the Solheim Cup, here's my dumb question of the episode. <laughs> like Christina Kim always had an American tattoo, correct, yep. on her face. Yep. Is there an official supplier of face tattoos, or you run down to Dollar General and grab them? Yeah, we run down to Dollar General and get them. Everybody it. wanted to do that. Um, and they they put their own on they chose what they wanted and there was a whole bag of stuff and then they chose what they wanted and of course they had the red white and blue hair ribbons right. they had the whole deal you know shoestrings shoes yeah it was, yeah it's amazing it's everything. so cool to see though well it some people love it and some people hate it ah, and really uh, yeah i mean julie inkster has kind of stopped them from doing that a little bit huh. she's like that's you know i don't i don't want to see a lot of that stuff but it, you know they they were having fun with it so i let them have fun it's amazing it's not distracting to me some of that stuff but i guess 
I don't know. I've never had to play with hair hanging down around my face right. or anything. When it got long enough to hit my ears one time when I was playing and the wind was blowing, I was like, I need a haircut. This is bugging me on the tee. That's also where your Twitter handle was born, was it not, at the Solheim Cup? <laughs> it was not. It was not born there. It was born earlier than that. Okay. And, I, and actually, the, the BMFD was born in 1999 or 2000 by the 1999 Women's World Cup soccer team. Okay. They came out to a tournament, which um, I was one of the players that – I went to all those World Cup games. I was at the finals oh, when wow. Brandy Chastain really? ripped oh, nice. off her. I was sitting in the family area. I mean, in the stadium, there were like 100,000 people wow. at this game. It was like – to this day, it's the best sporting event I ever saw live. But I had gone to some of the earlier matches too because um, – I'm good friends with Julie Foudy, who was one of the captains of the team. Carla Overbeck, who lives in North Carolina, she's like the assistant at Duke now at their for their women's soccer team, and Mia Hamm. So, um, and Brandy Chastain was there as well, and so we invited them to come to a tournament in Columbus, Ohio, and play in the pro am. They played. They did that a couple of times. We got the LPJ to invite them because. You know, they just won the World Cup, and yeah. they were they were big. They were popular. Um, yeah, I mean, Christine, Christine, the Christine the Lilly, now. you know, all of them, and they all play golf. So the LPG invited them to a tournament, but at the the World Cup, they started calling me BMFD. So it's the it was the uh, 99ers, I call okay. them. The 99ers named them that. So if anyone wants to know what it means, they're going to have to talk to either Julie Foudy, Carla Overbeck. Or Mia Hamm or, or Brandy Chastain. God. They'll let's, tell them. Let's get a little, um, <laughs> what do they call it, a Twitter conversation going once this episode comes out, please, with some of those referenced folks. Yeah, we will. We that would be great so we can see what we, that actually stands for. And you spent some time on the Golf Channel as an analyst. As, as an analyst, yep. And you shared something before we started rolling <laughs> that caught me off guard. You said, <laughs> you know why my voice is so raspy? It's because you swallowed a nail. I swallowed a nail. How? We got to hear this. Um, it was July 3rd, and I was working out at my house, and I finished working. I finished my cardio, and in my workout room, I have a bunch of pictures on the wall. One of them is a plaque that has all the Beth Daniel Junior Azalea winners on it, oh, yeah. as their names yeah. are. It's the player of the year. Correct. It's all the player, Beth Daniel the South player Carol- of the year, South Carolina yeah, yeah. player of the year awards. So um, one of the pictures was kind of, I I didn't like where it was, so I took it down and I'm like, I'm gonna hang this picture. I'm gonna hang another picture in its place because it's a better size and I'll move this picture. So I went and got a picture hook and you know how you do the nail on an angle through the picture hook. So I put it between my lips and I held the picture up and and when I looked up, the nail slid out of that hole and went down my throat and it lodged it lodged in my throat mm. so now i'm like gagging i'm like oh my gosh uh. so um the ambulance comes to the house and <laughs> they take my vitals and they're like your vitals are okay can you know i couldn't talk because i had this nail there so i'm kind of writing things down and i'm you know hand signaling and um they're like we gotta you know let's take you in though so they take me in 
and I'm in the emergency room, and this is the hospital that I do a big charity fundraiser for every year, at Bethesda Memorial Hospital in Boynton Beach, Florida. So I'm in there, in the emergency room, doctor's like, oh, I can get that out. Well, first, at first he goes, there's no way it lodged in your throat where you're pointing. He's saying this to me, and I can't argue with him because I can't talk. He says, let's go take x-rays. He goes, take x-rays of her stomach first. And, and I wrote to the nurse, I'm like, it's here. And he goes, and then take x-rays in her lung and then take her throat last. And the nurse, to her credit, the nurse says, she says it's in her throat. We're going to take the x-ray of the throat first. And the doctor got all mad. He's some young emergency room doctor. So I go in, they take the x-ray, sure enough, and I have the x-ray, they gave it to me. It's the funniest thing. There's the nail stuck right here in my throat, like right, it's a good thing it's stuck there because there's a flap and it either goes in your stomach or in your lungs. If it had mm. gone in my lungs, I would have been in trouble. So I go back into the emergency room in the little area and he goes, oh, I can get that out. And he puts the table upside down and he puts this steel thing down my throat and he's got like four steps. You're awake. I'm awake. Oh, nothing. God. And I'm like gagging. And so right at that point, the CEO of the hospital walks in because he he knows me because I do this right. charity pro-am. And he tells the doctor, he's like, get out of here. And so they put me back upright and he goes, do you want me to call a ear, nose and throat guy? And so they had to put me on, they put me under and right. got it out. And I spent a night in the hospital. But I've got scar tissue there because the doctor's like, I should have stitched it, but I didn't want to have to deal with putting you under again to get the stitches out and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So I've got scar tissue on my throat, so now I have a raspy Does raspy it bother you? Voice. Can you feel it? Does it scratch? Uh, it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. And I'm thinking that one of these days I'm going to have to take it get it taken care of but that is the second picture you're gonna to need to text me text me that, to rob and then the nail in the throat so when i when i get back home i got yeah okay. i'll text when you're going all home right. i'll, I'll okay. send you a text. all right all so right. let's transition with this one real quick how many world golf hall of famers have swallowed a nail and made it yeah i'm thinking one i'm thinking one too well the thing is i i was already in the hall of fame by then well, let's give them all a chance. Let's do a uh, okay, so ice, ice bucket challenge. <laughs> let's start rolling That's off. Let's see how Trevino can do. Can he <laughs> swallow a rusty dangerous one? Challenge a very dangerous challenge. Beth Daniel, tough as nails. <laughs> now that <laughs> is a go. much better Twitter handle. That is. We don't have to use the lawnmower sound on that one. <laughs> no. We use that for editing, by the way. Oh, do you? Really? If someone okay. says a bad word, we use them. Okay. <laughs> so we, we're going to wrap you up. We've, we've taken a lot of time. We could go another hour. This I know is awesome. I know. I've got to get to work. She, it's her tournament. She needs oh, to be visible. I'm being selfish. It's the only chance we've ever had with a World Golf Hall of Famer. Believe me. I don't. Do we give, give her a chance to talk about chances. that a little bit? That? Do we want to give, at least give her a chance to talk about that a little bit? That? True. How did you, uh, how did that come about when you found out? Uh, and how did it make you feel? Is it, how do you, you know, carry you it know now? I found out if you, if, this is a, this is an odd thing, but the LPGA Hall of Fame and the World Golf Hall of Fame are two different criteria. LPGA Hall of Fame requires more, it's a point system, it requires more wins. So when you qualify for the LPGA Hall of Fame, you automatically qualify for the World Golf Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, wow. So when I, when I found out that I got in the 
LPGA Hall of Fame, which was a call, that's a that's another good story, call from the commissioner at the time, Ty Votaw. Yep, neat. Um, I was doing a clinic for the PGA of America in Scottsdale, Arizona at the TPC. So I get this call during the clinic. I take it because I, you know, I'm like, oh, it's the commissioner. So they're like, call. So he's like, you're, congratulations, you're, you've got the points, you're in the LPGA Hall of Fame and World Golf Hall of Fame. So we tell everybody at the clinic, they all cheer and everything. Clinic's over. The director of instruction at the TPC at the time says, you can go to the back of the range and hit balls. You know, the TPC's, the back of the range is reserved for PGA professionals only. So, but the director of instruction, he's like, you just did a clinic for the PGA of, of America. They don't own them, PGA Tour does. So I go to the back of the range, put my balls down, everything, and PGA Pro shows up, and he's all the way on the other side of the range. Next thing I know, the director of golf drives up and said, I'm sorry, this is reserved for only PGA Tour players, and they're gassed. You need to go to the other, the public side of the range. And I looked at him and I said, you know, you could have at least told me before I put all my, got my balls out. And he said, oh, I'll pick them up for you. I said, no, don't, I'll pick them up. Went to the other side of the range, but I drove past this player and I just stared him down. And I have more PGA Tour wins than he does. We're not going to mention him. I'm not going to tell you who That's it is. Fine. Oh, God. I know who it is. We're going to stop. Once we turn it off, will you tell us? Yeah, just so we know. I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. That's that's awesome. That's oh, awesome. I'm glad we waited for that one. <laughs> I am too. That's wow. so. Uh, congratulations, first yeah. of all, on a, on a fabulous career. Thank you. But I think more so, um, as a guy who's a fundraiser and now serves, you're giving back to this game is yeah. something I wish more people knew about and took note of. Um, it's quite an honor to lend your name to something, and it takes a significant amount of responsibility to carry that forward. And so you have your name in some really u- unique places, especially here in the state of South Carolina. So no doubt, as a tax-paying resident, I want to say thank you. Yep. Well, you're welcome. It's it's you know it's been a great ride for me, and it continues to be. I actually get more fulfillment, I think, out of giving back than you know what I did when I was playing. It's it's funny when you're playing you you always feel like you're selfish and you're taking. And so my idea was always to give back, but you know somebody had to do something to get me here. Yeah. And that's what I always think about. Like if I didn't have, you know, South Carolina Golf Association, Carolina's Golf Association, the women's associations and all those people to help me get to where I was able to get to. I, I would have never gotten there. And it, it's a shame if people forget that. Well, from association employees, thank you. And I want to say thank you for taking your time, but we do have to ask one last question we ask everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your first car you drove? Volkswagen Beetle. Nice. What color? You know, the first one, uh, Tony, Tricia, and I shared it. It was beige. It was just <laughs> beige. And the thing... Sticks you? It, well, it was stick shift, yeah. yeah I, I took my driver's test on a stick shift. <laughs> but it wouldn't start. So 
we'd have to in the morning like whoever was taking it you had to push it and then jump start right. it you oh, know yeah. pop the clutch yeah. and jump start it and when i took it to school i would always back it into the parking place because sometimes we'd have out. to push it out right. oh that's awesome yeah we saw a yellow vw thing for sale yesterday and i said mm, it's about that point in life where i might need a thing you know my what life. my neighbor in michigan has a lime green one. Oh my gosh he lives in he lives in michigan but then comes up to northern michigan on the weekends and he's like a speed guy so i don't know why he wanted a thing he's all about speed he races motorcycles and all this stuff he drove down to atlanta bought this thing when he drove it back he the engine blew out oh so then he got it towed to michigan he completely rebuilt the engine and i went for a ride in it and it stopped working wow and so we had to push it out of the road to the side and then he starts popping all these fuses and he goes oh we had the radio the heat and the car was going it can't handle that and then (laughs) like about three days later he went to pick someone up at the airport and it broke down on the way home and they had to get towed back so i don't know what's going on he bought a new starter for it so he's still working on it maybe, maybe i should hold off yeah on you that. might want to yeah. hold off on the thing <laughs> i'd go with a gremlin if i were <laughs> oh gosh yeah well thank you beth thank you for being here it, it was fun yeah, thank, thank you. you well y'all i don't know if you uh appreciated that as much as we did recording it but i gotta tell you classy lady right there big al we were lucky we're lucky to be able to spend an afternoon with her. And she was rocking the P-Dub hat, like probably one of the best melons I've seen the P-Dub hat on. It fit her good. Yeah, those that particular hat, not the – it's not the Richardson 112. It's a different – the softer hat. It did look good on her. Yeah, what is that? Is that the 111, 109? I don't know, but we definitely have a long list growing of hats. That's the 111. Okay, yeah. Soft. Man, I got a 115 yesterday. The, the, the mid-height, like the 112, but uh-huh. it's not as tall. From our boys, Joe and Charlie at Cherokee. Oh, did you? I got yeah, my- I swung by for – did you not see my E9 post for on the Twitter machine? Best E9 in the, on, the, on earth, I think is the way I put it. And it was a picture of me outside the gates at Cherokee. No, I did not see that. I was working all day yesterday, to be honest with you. Man, you missed a lot on the Twitter machine between Dan Francis and my E9. It was – yeah, I'm having I'm, – fortunately, when it comes to Twitter machine, I'm on my client's account. It's not really on mine looping stuff. But I did I, – I sat down during the race last night and watched y'all's loop. Okay, so first of all, I thought I was a client. Y'all, you know you this can be edited, but we're going to leave it out there for y'all to hear all this. Oh, yeah, no, 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 you are a client. And when I say Carolina's GCSA, oh, I saw all the tags and mentions, but – I don't think I needed to retweet what was going on down there in Hillhead. Oh, no, 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 not at all. I just wanted to clarify um, that I was a client. Oh, you are definitely. You are my main client. <laughs> How are you doing? My main client, dog. <laughs> uh, I'm about to get a Carolina's tattoo on my left shoulder. Oh, don't do that. Uh, no. That's not no. Just leave it with the word Carolina's in case you change, <laughs> change clients. About to say, is there something you need to tell me? No, but I mean, in case you need to scratch that out, it's hard to get a P into a C and a G and a C and an S and an A. All right, well, something I do want to bring up. the I want to welcome the USGA Green section on Twitter. They came out yesterday or the 10th or 9th of June. 
and they follow, they don't follow the Carolina's DCSA. They don't follow pulling weeds, which is fine. I'm surprised they don't find, follow Carolina's DCSA. So are you having like a time tracker on the green section Twitter machine to see if they're going to get as many followers as fast as Miss Greenkeeper did from overseas? Well, no, I'm not doing that. They do follow Tim Creer and they follow Matthew Wharton. Well, and I think it was because if I'm not mistaken, their very first tweet that went out yesterday morning, if I'm not mistaken, I think we were within the top 15 to 20 people to like the tweet. And so if I'm not mistaken, it was probably just one of those reaction type things. So, you know, as, as you managing our account as a client, I would have just assumed that the Carolinas would have liked that as well. But and maybe the P dub, but anyway. Time out, time out. The only way I was even aware of it. The only Hold on, man. Don't get mad. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. No know, need to get all cray cray. But the only way I was even aware of it was Guy Cipriano or Golf Course Magazine tweeted it out, welcome. And that's and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then so I went, and it may have been in the PW account, and I'd switch over to the Carolinas account. But anyway, let's see. Who that man, it, I don't know about y'all on the Twitter machine, but if you have more than one account, that whole switching back and forth thing can be a little bit complicated at first if you're not prepared. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think the worst part was, is when you got the same logo, for instance, like the Carolinas and the assistants. So, I mean, I'm swapping through them one day. I'm like, oops, that wasn't the right page. No. So they are the green section is up to 200 followers. So anyway, how many are they following? That's what I'm saying. They're following 200 people. How many followers? Uh, let's see. They are up to 1,206 at this moment. I still think she has a better pace than them overseas. What, what is it, Miss Greenkeeper? Yep. M-I-S-S. Have you not seen that one? Uh, uh, maybe. She is at 6,191. And joined like in June or something. Chocolate Lady at the Belfry? Yep. Yeah. Assistant over there. I tell you, there's been an upsurge in the ladies of turf, and I, it's it's kind of cool to watch them. Like Laura over there at the Isle of Jura with the Scotch, right? Yeah, you know I mean that little tweet, and that's from meeting Gareth. And you know, we had um, oh Alex on, right? Yeah. I mean, to get to know some of these, like, it's cool. And now, I mean, there's starting to be a little bit of a push for what they can do, like in a developmental stage, so that you know, for instance high school age ladies would know that there's even a career available to them. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. It's uh, crazy. Cause for years we've talked about how do you get people interested in the turf business or, and even technicians and you know, it, you, you, you gotta be able to get into the guidance counselor's offices. Right. But then where does your poster go next to the Navy recruiter next to the X, Y, Z next to the, you know, I mean, if you're a guidance counselor, I got to imagine you got to have provisions to have something hung on your wall or else every industry in America will be banging on, on your door to hang something up there, you know? Yeah, that's uh, that is tough, but it's good. They are getting it out there. But back to my rant real quick. You know people at the USGA. Who do we need to talk to to get the follow? Tyler. Start, start with Tyler. New guy down here maybe. Um, or Addison. You, how about this? If it's that important to you, Alan? Shoot me an email and I'll forward it to the right people. No, no, no. I'm just curious. <laughs> Show fodder here. <laughs> Alan's having a man. They followed you, but they didn't follow me. Moment. I, did. I was, looking, everyone. I was <laughs> upset. 
I was upset that they didn't follow the Carolinas Association. You know, that's a state regional association. Then I looked see, and the first two that popped up were you and Wharton. I was like, come on, give me a break. But anyway. Uh, Turf celebrities in your own mind. Remember that, Alan? That was a trend from last summer. If you think you're a turf celebrity, send us a DM and we'll send you a hat. Oh, I know, I know, but I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about AK. I'm talking about Carolina GCSA. This sounds like I need to send you a hat, Alan. <laughs> we got to get more hats, though. We're getting. Yes, yes, I understand. I, I, I appreciate that. There's just some challenges with a pandemic crisis going on right now and slow boats from overseas and things of that nature. And, Topics we don't need to get into on the P-Dub, but yes, cool. hats are forthcoming as long as the pod is forthcoming. Yep. Again, is there something you need to tell me? No, I figure we got at least another three months worth with just pro series <laughs> stuff we got, so we got to throw a couple more supers in there at the first of the month, right? That's right. That's right. Because it's the first of the month. Man, speaking of, uh, Hamilton, Steve Hamilton was a great episode. Got a lot of good feedback on that. And I saw on the Twitter machine Joey Franca, a new, I guess it's not new, it's new to me, verification process. Do you see that? The, Man, the, I got lost. It was like drilling kind of four-step, four-day process. And I'm like, dude, I ain't got time to keep up with all this nonsense. Can't you send the dude to the house with something with the two uh, handlebars behind it and let's put some flags in the ground and knock this out? Oh, uh, you're funny. You're funny. You, you going to drill and fill your yard? Uh, you know – I, my, my last question to the Steck folks and my, you know, you can do demos in Powderville comments because they're in Anderson. I mean, they're literally like 22 minutes from door to door. Um, and they've got one of those dry jet type things. But my, my reply is going to be, what's the height of cut maximum that you can do? <laughs> yeah, and my, my little bargaining with Brett Sullivan didn't work out too well. Well, it might have been all in the phrasing. <laughs> no. It is what it is. I would be willing to bet if he understood the quality that was involved and the value that would be brought to him in perpetuity with a wedding video done from AK and Miss K, um, Mrs. K, sorry, um, that it's well worth a $2,000 push mower. Um, but then again, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm no genius, but I'm still, every time I mow, I'm trying to figure out if I can mount a brush to the front of that thing to stand it up. You know what I mean? So. No, nah, I'm not standing up grass, but we're getting so much rain. It's tough to get good mows on it right now. But You're still wet. We're dry as a bone. No, uh, we've had rain last two or three days. Wow. You but got it. We've been. Grass is popping. I can't complain. Um. Do we need to tell the Twitter world that there's another couple involved in the summer 2000 Olympic Games of turf? Yes, you do. Why don't you give a little background into that? Or do we just need to wait, and that's our opening for the next episode, and we'll use pictures and let them wonder? There you go. We got I'll just player. say this. We got let me player. say this. There are three people that work in the golf industry who have home lawns that need help. And so – Right now, there are three Carolinas GCSA directors in those areas who have been voluntarily assigned to each of those golf industry employees' yards. Um, and there is a summer competition, the 2020 Summer Olympics of Turf, that is going on currently. And it is a six-person text, if you will, group thing that 
is it's pretty phenomenal. It could be a podcast in and of itself. I'll just say that. But let's leave the two guests out unless they want to out themselves on the Twitter machine um, after hearing this. Correct. I won't mention any names, but you basically the the newest. Uh, <laughs> you've got the newest person with the with the property and then you've got their consultant i think you basically badgered that guy in with with trash talk to get him involved well i mean how do you think the other two got involved well the best part is they're all board of directors i will that'll be a hint the new consultant is also a board of director or director i think it's phenomenal and for those of y'all listening just realize there's 13 directors out there so if you're employed in the golf industry you need help and you want to get in on the 2020 Summer Olympics of Turf game, just give me a holler. We might be able to help you out based on your location. I will say, though, you, you somewhat insulted me and Huntoon a little bit. Man, y'all got mom the other night? I don't know. I might have got busy. But, no, it was yard A is going to be the putting competition. Yard, your yard is going to be – and then mine's a rough and hard pan. Yeah, yeah. Yard A is the putting competition. I'm the chipping competition, and y'all are the hit out of the rough and hard band competition. Now, I've got some rough right out there right now. You know, <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a good one, man. Yeah, I think that touched. I think hit home with Huntoon a little bit. I don't know. But. Well, so the funny thing is, is my consultant is 4.2 miles on a uh, tractor ride. Not that I would know that. Um, the other one is we're assuming it's, I think it's one mile. I think it's 1.2. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say definitely less than three. Oh yeah. And yours is like what? 87 miles. No, more than that's 87 miles. Just Florence. Okay. Roughly. So yours is like 150. Yeah. 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 Disadvantage team. Big Al. I don't know. Especially when the pictures keep coming through with filters in the competition, and that ain't helping none of your true agronomic advice. Well, and, well I don't send him filters, but the big disadvantage is I have a lot of shade, pure and simple. All right. Well, this could go on all day, but I'm sure people have had enough, and we appreciate you listening in on Beth because Alan and I haven't seen each other much, so we're just really talking and catching up here now. I do want to um, say on air, before you go, you look lovely in your Turf Warrior for Him t-shirt. Oh, man. CJ Coy. What a good program, man. Looking forward to him, and hopefully he can continue on. And I'll tell you what, Scott, and in his grip as well, um, thank you publicly. I've got your hat. Um, be doing a little post on that as well. You guys keep the faith, and we appreciate what you're doing, especially in all these challenging times. And, look, don't forget about your mental health. Go take a break. Get outside. Go take a walk. Go sit down on a city park bench. Do something. Just get away from it all. Take a moment for yourself. Um, if you're having struggles, there's, there's people out there who can help you. So take care of you first so that you can be a good father, mother, spouse, uh, steward of the Lord, as well as an employer. So don't forget about you folks. Yeah. And everybody take a good mental break. I've had to do that myself. Turn off the news a little bit here and there, but, uh, yeah. And for, if anybody's wondering, we haven't seen Norm in four days, so I may need a mental break myself if he doesn't make an appearance. I don't know if they know about Norm. We'll get to Norm. We're going to reveal. We're going to talk about Norm and then Yard A on the next episode. How about that? Sounds great. Y'all be well. Take care. Take care of yourselves and Alan. Take care of you and your family, bud. You too, man. Thank you. The Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association would like to thank our conference and show partners: BASF, Bayer. 
By Sod, Carolina's Fresh Farms, Corbin Turf, Freylit, Geophonics, Golf Argonomics, Golf Course Industry, Green Resource, Greenville Turf and Tractor, Harrells, Hunter, Jacobson, J.K. Morrow Incorporated, John Deere Golf, King's Greenhouse, Modern Turf, Motorola Solutions, New Life Turf, New Farm, PBI Gordon Corporation, Precision Laboratories, Radios for Golf Regal, Revels Turf and Tractor, Simmons Irrigation Supply, Simplot Turf and Horticulture, Smith Turf and Irrigation, Sunbelt Rentals, Syngenta, Toro Trilink Solutions TSP, Turf Assistant, Varine's Turf Products.